This is Abnormal Entertainment. While I shared my beer with a pine soothsayer Who said our pages are black Calloused and cold, I spoke rather bold, insane. Our lives are on track. Then he said, Hi, folks, welcome. This is Daniel Garza, and this is Put It Together. Put It Together is a show about, well, it's a show about everything. It's how life in general has, uh, Life in general has made it possible for me to put things together. Uh, how things that could possibly have been considered excess in my life have actually turned out to be really quite positive things. And I'll go down the list of those things as we go along. First off, though, I want to say thank you to the guys at Abnormal Entertainment. Thank you for... Thank you for the uh, opportunity and for the the chance to put myself out there. Um, thank you, uh, Cam Harston and Kevin Moyers, who also have their own shows. So you guys might want to check out abnormalentertainment.com and check out all the podcasts that we have available for you guys. Different shows, different subjects, for all tastes. So there might be something there that you will enjoy. Check them out. But thank you, guys, yeah, again, uh, at Abnormal Entertainment for your uh, trust and, and faith that I can provide something useful and entertaining for you folks. I also want to thank my good friend and buddy Matt Grenier, who also has a show. Um, you can check him out on the way down here on Abnormal Entertainment. His show is uh, just the trials and tribulations of life, so check him out. I want to thank Matt because he I actually was a guest on his show a couple of times, and that's how Put It Together came to be. So, Putting it all together, uh, Matt helped me get my podcast. So thank you, Matt, for for trusting me and putting yourself out there and putting your name out so that uh, I was given the chance. So let's start. Let me give you a little background on me and where I come from and how I came to be where I am today. Uh, Again, my name is Daniel Garza. I am 41 years old. I was born in Mexico and raised in Texas. So I like to think of myself as an original Tex-Mex. My dad is Texan and my mom is Mexican. So uh, yes, yes, you might have the impression that I am a hat-wearing, boot-trotting, horse-riding guy. But, you know, far from, I do like my boots and hat. But I live in uh, Laguna Beach now. And if you guys have ever been to Laguna Beach, it is a marvelous place to visit. Come check it out. Um, I'm gay. I first realized that I'm gay when I was very young. I was a young boy in school, and I was always fascinated by other little boys. I liked little girls, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed hanging around with little girls, but I I think most of all, I wanted to steal their Barbies. And yes, that is one of the realities of it. I I was one of the Barbie-loving gay boys. But I was fascinated with guys because I don't have brothers, and my dad was always working, and as much time as my dad wanted to spend with me, I think that when he realized that I was gay, it kind of put a dent in our relationship. Now, And that was very young. Not having brothers, I always looked to other guys for direction and um, some kind of stability and some information. I wanted to know... I was confused. I wanted to know what being a boy was all about, but then I liked boys in a more sexual way, so that was very confusing at my age. I had my first sexual encounter very early on. Um, Basically, I lost my virginity when I was about 13 years old, and contrary to popular, I do remember it. I remember... Uh, let me disclaimer I've never been with a woman I have not had a female lover uh, in my life so I don't know the comparisons but 
it I remember who it was and I remember we were in my family's garage he was much older than me so even at that age I think I was contributing to uh, pedophilia uh, but I was a very stubborn and convincing little boy and somehow I got him to do it and not to mention the fact that this person was always drunk so I think that kind of helped um, but I think of it now and, and yes I think that took some of the innocence away and it made me grow up really fast and made me just think of life in a different way I was more mature than other kids I thought about things that other kids didn't know and I touched part of my sexuality so I was very open to other uh, to, to people I, I I didn't really hide it but I didn't really know what gay was at that age I was outed when I was 17 so I didn't have the opportunity that other folks have to come out to their family I always wanted that moment you know the one that we read about or we see in movies where it's where the family is sitting picture okay picture where the family is sitting at the dinner table and it's Pick a holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. And the son says, Mommy, would you please pass me the mashed potatoes? And Daddy, would you please pass me the gravy? Oh, and by the way, I'm a fag. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay, so apparently in my dream sequences, my voice, I, I'm English. But you know the, you know the idea. It's, it's about coming out to your family and, and having the ability to control the situation as best you can. I was outed. My parents were told that I was gay and it was actually over Thanksgiving, but it was much, much different than that. I was uh, pushed away from my, by my sisters. I have two older sisters. I was pushed away by them and my parents didn't know quite to act. And my mom was very disappointed. And I think now looking back on the situation, my mom and I were very close before then. And I think I hurt her feelings. I think that for a long time she would come up to me and ask me if I was gay or not. And I would always deny it. I think now looking back that she was hurt that I didn't have enough trust in her to, to give her... I didn't give her a chance to, to take it in on a more normal situation other than the screaming match with my sisters and arguing with my dad and crying and... But I wanted to run away, and I didn't. I, I, my dad wouldn't let me run away. He, of course, how I asked permission to run away. How stupid is that? And we worked it out. And, and now, years later, I think my parents made are okay with it. Now, disclaimer is that my mom has um, dementia, and she's older. And um, once in a while, she will talk to me and ask me why I haven't found a nice girl to be with. So that's part of my sexuality. That's how I came to be. Um, I was always gay. I don't think that situations influenced who I was. I was always attracted to boys. Uh, never imagined being in a relationship with a girl. Not really. I did have girlfriends during junior high and high school. And it was more for show than for anything. I would, I would parade them through my neighborhood and take them out to nice little places where I knew friends would be in an effort to show off my masculinity. Argh. But... My last girlfriend in high school, I had a boyfriend on the side. So I would drop her off and my boyfriend would come get me. So that was not... Uh, that was fun. I have to admit, it was fun. So when I was 17, after I was outed, my sister, who I was living with in Mexico, basically we, we had an argument and I moved out. I ran away from home. And I went to live with... Uh, uh, a family and, and they opened up their doors and gave me a place to live but there was really nobody controlling me or directing me in any situation so I had free range to do whatever I wanted and I wanted to go out and we, we would go to bars together we would go to straight bars together until I found the gay bars dun, dun, dun. so I found a gay bar that was kind of a hidden it it wasn't it wasn't it, it was um it was a little bar in, in Monterrey, Mexico, and it was right on the corner next to this little flea market. And people just assumed it was a regular bar, but not everybody went in there. It was actually a down-low Hispanic gay bar. Well, I was 17, 18, walking in. I was a dancer at the time. I was in high school. 
Um, I have to admit, I think I was pretty hot at that time. So I walked in and I was chicken. I was bait for these guys. Um, plus I knew how to dance and I, I dressed well and I think guys really took to me. I, I had a lot of, I, I built up a lot of sexual experience while I was going to that bar. And then I found other bars and other places to go and I was drinking a lot and I felt lost and I felt sad because my family wasn't really talking to me and my parents were still sending me money for school but the conversations were kind of bland and I felt really lost and I felt really sad and I needed somebody to hold me and I needed somebody to, to at least for however time I was with them to love me. So I would go and drink at these bars and, and that's when my alcoholism really kicked in. In, in my teen years, in my latter teen years. Then I, uh, I didn't know how to not drink and have sex. I was so ashamed and embarrassed of the things that I'd done before that I needed a drink to keep going. Um, the only times I did not drink were times when I was sick and in the hospital. And I'll go into that in a little bit. So I move on and I graduate from high school and I end up going back to Dallas to live with my parents. My parents lived in Dallas, Texas, and uh, which was still my home. So eventually um, I start working and start hanging out and start going out and I, I, I find the bars and one day I meet my Prince Charming and picture it if you can. Uh, I'm in a bar and uh, this is in Dallas and it's not there anymore. There's something that I, I don't even know what's there anymore. But um, if you are familiar with Dallas, it was on Lemon Avenue and it was a little bar. And it turned out to be a Hispanic bar after that. Anyway, I walk in and I was going to celebrate a birthday with some friends and they never showed up. But there's this guy standing there and I just thought he was the most handsome guy I'd ever seen. So we start talking and... Mind you, how childish it was the way we met. We met over a video game. I was playing a video game that he liked to play too, and it was a two-player game, so he came and joined me, and we started playing and kicking some ass, and I don't remember the name of the game now. I'm sure if I see it, I will remember, but I don't remember it now. And we started talking, and I was just madly in love at that moment. I knew that we were going to be together. So as we make our way to the, sh uh, the dance floor because there was a show going on, so we're gonna go watch the show. And, and one of his friends was a drag queen there. And he gives me my first kiss. And just as we kiss, the disco ball is turned on, so there's lights everywhere. And I just knew, I just knew, for all you romantic comedy lovers out there, I knew that that was the moment because we kiss and I saw stars and it was just wonderful. That relationship lasted about four years off and on, and, and there was a lot of turmoil and, and heartbreak and a lot of cheating and, and hurting each other. But that's when I first tried drugs. I tried uh, I tried a little pot. I didn't really like it. But then one day, I wanted to be grown up. I wanted to fit in because I knew that he had done drugs before, and some of our friends had done drugs, and I wanted to be part of that older mature crowd I was still 20 I wasn't 21 yet so I find a friend who has coke and we end up going to this bar and I do a line of coke at home and then I do another one in the backseat of my car and there started a long long and loving relationship with drugs I did coke I did acid I did X um, my biggest addiction was with crack cocaine, and I did that from 1994 up until about nine, 2007 when I went into rehab. So mix the alcoholism with the drug addiction and uh, the traumas that I had about sexual, being sexual and, and having sex. I still had that, that little stigma about having to be drunk when I had sex. And now you add some drugs to it. Well, oh my God, if anybody's done any of those drugs, you know that um, I have always been more of the, uh, well, I guess to bring 
separate terms at the bottom of a relationship. Um, I, I, I like men who are more domineering and uh, like to take command of the situation. Uh, I'm definitely the more submissive, definitely the more submissive in, in the couple. So, fast forward, I've been doing drugs, we broke up, I've, I've moved on, I lived on the Texas border, I went back to Houston, um, I've lived a pretty rough life, and I've done a lot of drugs, and I've dated several guys, and I've had sex with a lot of people. So in September of 2000, I get very sick, and I end up going to the hospital, um, this is in Houston, and I find out that among many other things, I have AIDS. And for the folks that are out there who have questions, there's a difference in the viral load and the T-cell counts that makes you either HIV positive or have AIDS. I My T-cell count was so low that I was diagnosed with AIDS right away. Not to mention the fact that going from a 150, 160 pound man, I went down to 108 pounds in a matter of about two months. Um, there were night sweats, there were uh, stomach infections, there was t TB, there was uh, bronchitis, loss of muscle, diarrhea, vomiting, you name it, I was pretty much the poster child for it. And uh, so at 30 years old, I was diagnosed with AIDS and now I have all these things in my life that I would think, this is the end. I, I'm done. I There's nothing beyond this. And I guess for many folks, it would have been the end. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Suicide was always on top of my mind. Um, but even after I was diagnosed with AIDS, when I got a little healthier after about a year... I was back in Houston and I was doing drugs again and I was partying like nothing was wrong and I will admit that sometimes I had sex unprotected and you know when you're high and you just there's things that you just don't talk about when you're in the middle of it so do I hold any regrets for anything that I did I do I, I do um, but I've learned to forgive myself um, and that came up because in 2007, June 21st, 2007, is my AA birthday. It's when I went into rehab and found recovery. And let me tell you guys, that was the best summer of my life. It was summer camp. It was wonderful. I had the best fun. I had the best time. Um, I met some amazing folks. I, I had 28 brothers that lived with me in the house. They shared with me, they inspired me, they motivated me, they taught me what it was to be a man. I was a man, I was a dude, I was a guy all my life, but up until, um, up until that time, I was not a man. I, I, I'd lived this life of childish antics and... and getting into trouble and all of a sudden I had to confront my feelings and my emotions and, and, and take responsibility for the crap that I did in my life and that was so hard to do to take responsibility for myself what that was crazy how does one even begin to do that but I had to do it and thank you to the folks at AA who taught me how to do it and uh, I have to throw in a shout out. Thank you to the folks at Bay Area Recovery Center for bringing me in and, and giving me the opportunity to become a better person. And I, I believe that I did. One of the cool things that I learned during that time was that AA is not just about the book. It's not just about reading the book and showing up to a meeting and, and spilling your guts out and walking out. There's more to that, at least for me. There is the connecting spiritually with people, having something bigger than myself to believe in, having, making connections, making friends, making relationships that mean something, more than just hanging out with my drug dealer because he brings me my little toys 
it was about actually connecting with somebody, looking people in the eye. Oh, let me tell you, looking somebody in the eye was one of the craziest concepts for me after being a crackhead for so long. If any of you out there have ever done the drug, you know how it is. I would stand hours looking out the peephole in my door thinking there was somebody coming in. And I could never look at somebody in the eyes and now I can do that. And one of the important things that I learned during that time was the like, love and respect concept. And let me throw that to you. This will be the first, the first of many, many lessons that I hope to bring to you guys. Like, love and respect. If I like myself, if I really like who I am and what I do and how I handle myself and what life is to me, then I'm going to I'm going to radiate that energy out. I'm going to put that energy out and show people that I really like who I am. That anything that has happened to me in my life, anything that I've been through that could be considered negative, I'm going to turn it around and make it a positive thing. I'm going to make it work for me. This is going to be something that I'm going to I'm going to learn, I'm going to take those experiences, I'm going to grow. So I began to like myself. I liked the fact that I was gay. I liked the fact that I had been in recovery. I am in recovery. I liked the fact that I had experimented with drugs and now I've overcome those. I liked the fact that I had to go through getting sick to find a better connection with God and with the universe. I like all that about me and I like the, I like the scars and the badges of honor that I've developed because of going to war with all these things. I like me, and damn it, if you don't, that's your problem. But I like myself enough that I don't need to be liked by anybody else. It's nice, it's a great thing to be liked by the people and to know it, but I like myself enough to carry myself through. And let me tell you, people will recognize that energy and they will see that light in you and you will grow more than you think. Then there's love. I had to love myself. I had to show myself some love. And it had been so long doing drugs and alcohol and, and smoking and, and having sex. And all that stuff for me was not love. It was just physical. It was hurting myself. So I learned to love myself. I, took, I take myself on dates. I buy myself nice things. I make myself a nice dinner. I like to make myself a nice three, four course meal. And sit down at the table with some candles. And just be with myself. Okay, maybe sometimes the TV's on. But I talk, I, I'm, I'm with myself and I, I feel me and I, 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 I get into my emotions. So that I, I recognize that love within me. So that I recognize it when you're giving it to me or when you're not. Because when I love myself, I know that you're belittling me. That you're, you're, when you're hurting me verbally, psychologically, or physically, I know that's not love because I would not do that to myself. I wouldn't beat myself up. I wouldn't throw myself against the wall or slap myself against the face. So why are you telling me that you're hitting me? It's because you love me. No. So I had to learn to love myself and stop hurting myself and stop doing things to myself that are not done out of love. And when I changed that, when I recognized that, everything around me just seemed so much brighter. And now people know and I, they know that I recognize love and, and my friends love me and my family loves me and I recognize it. And when I, when I notice it, when I see it, when I see that it's not love, I can walk away because I recognize it. And with that comes respect. I had to start respecting myself. And for me, and, and we each have our own. So just, you know, put it together for yourself. Put together the things that I'm telling you and take what you need and put it together and make it work for you. Not everything's gonna work for you as it did for me. So let's clarify that. And that's part of being respectful. I had to start respecting myself. And for me, respect was not doing drugs, not drinking, not smoking, not having uh, sex with strangers. I want more than just a sexual encounter. I want love. I wanna make love. So I had to start respecting myself. And, and doing things for myself and setting a standard and a level of respect to which you must come up to to be around me. If you do not respect me, at least the way I do, then you're not welcome. And, I, and yeah, yes, I'm, I'm going to throw it in there. There's one level of respect that I have for myself. And then right underneath there, there's a level to which I expect you to respect me. I expect you to respect me, yes. 
because I can't expect you to do what I would do for myself. I love me. It's my body. It's my life. I don't expect you to love me and treat me the way I treat myself. But I will I will show you and I will put the cards on the table and I will lay out the foundation of where our relationship is going to go. Whether it be uh, friends, uh, workers, um, whoever you are in my life, family. Even my family has a level of respect for me and I respect them. Yes, and once you show me your level, I will respect you up to that. If you treat yourself like crap, then what are you expecting anything from me? Spirituality has nothing to do with it. How good I am in life or what a nice person I can be has nothing to do with the level of respect that you are indicating to me that you need. Tell me how much respect you need. Show me the level of respect you want and I will get to that level. But if you are treating yourself like crap, then why should anybody around you treat you any better? And that's the kind of love that they will show you. Crappy love. So go back and figure out how much do I like myself? That should be your first step. How much do I like myself? What, if I saw myself on the street, would I want to be my friend? And I can honestly tell you guys that if I saw me on the street, I would be like, hey, that guy looks pretty cool. I want to be his friend. So that's, that's the first lesson of put it together. So put it together for you yourself. Put it together for you. How much do I like myself and how much do I need to work on? Set up the pro and con list for yourself. Figure out what's really good about you and what's really not so good and what do we need to change to make to like me. What do I need to change to like me? What do I need to change to be my best friend? And I think that was the important thing for me. I wanted to be my best friend. I wanted to have my best intentions. I wanted to love me unconditionally and I wanted to respect my life. So there you go, first lesson. And that brings up the spirituality part of my life. I'm also a writer and I write for a magazine, online magazine called examiner.com. You can find me on there um, from some of my stories. I'll be honest, at the point, at the time of this recording, I've been a little lazy on my writing, which I need to get back to because I've gotten a letter from the editor and they need to they need me to, to, to submit something. But I started writing for the examiner and it brought me to a little store in Laguna Beach called the Chakra Shack. And the Chakra Shack is a little specialty spirituality store where I walked in one day to do an interview on the store. And um, I'll do a shout out to Michelle. Uh, Michelle uh, is the manager at the Chakra Shack. And she was very kind and very sweet. And she just opened her heart to me and just gave me all the information that I, all the information that I wanted. And um, so Michelle Armour is the manager there and she was really cool with me and we talked for a while and we talked off, uh, I stopped recording and we just continued to talk and it was really, um, the friendship was really cool and we just bonded and, and she was able to, to show me so many things and Part of it was that, like, love, and respect, and part of it was how to grow as a person, and part of it was how to become just a better man than I already thought I was. And she opened her heart to me, and we, we have a lot of similarities, and I, I, I hope to bring her on the show at one point so she can talk to you guys and you can just feel her energy. I call her my ball of energy, and she's one of the women on my list that I call the cure for homosexuality because she is a hot woman. And let me tell you, if I ever decided to change teams, I would go after her because she is hot. Um, so then started my journey in spirituality. I started to uh, really feel the stones and candles and I ended up buying my first deck of oracle cards. So for you guys that don't that know about spiritualism, oracle cards are similar to tarot cards, but they're just, they're, they're a different set. and. and and they're more angel-guided, driven cards. So I bought my first deck of, of Oracle cards to write a story about them. So once I wrote the story, I thought, well, as long as I'm writing the story, why don't I just play with them and see how they work? And I did. And I was blown away with some of the information that I was getting. 
and the way that I was talking to some of my friends, because of course I, I brought my friends in to uh, to do readings on them and kind of practice and. Every time something weird would happen, I would run back to Michelle and say, hey, this happened, what do you think? What, what's it, why is this happening? Why am I feeling this way? And she did an aura reading on me. She took my aura, she took my picture, and we I got to see my aura, and she, she highlighted and pinpointed some stuff that was going on. And she's like, you know, you have an ability to do readings. You should really look into it. So I thought, well, okay, let me let me try a little more. So I tried doing more stuff and practicing more people. And before you knew it, I was just getting some messages and I was getting some information that I didn't really know about my friends. And they were a little thrown up and I was a little thrown off. And great things started happening and I started feeling the energy and I started getting headaches and getting messages and, and seeing things and hearing things and yes that's I, I, I will agree with you at this point did I think I was crazy yes did I think I was losing it yes but I talked to some of the readers there at the Chakra Shack and they all informed me that this was all part of the process it was all part of my journey they one of the readers was able to tell me about family members in my fa that passed away that had the abilities that I that I was going through and it was pretty amazing it was it was just amazing to be able to to do these things so I started I, I bought another deck and now I have four decks of cards I pretty much worked with two of them and that's how I started doing readings and now I've done readings for a lot of people I have some clients that come to my home and I, I visit some people and they um, it just keeps growing every day and that would be part of what I will offer to you guys I will be able to offer uh, some readings and, and throw some cards for people so if along the lines you decide to write me a message or an email and I and if I pick your message or your email and I will do a reading on the air for you and we I can have you I'll call you and we can talk and I will do a reading and um, and one of the things that I uh, put out there for other people is that if you call me or if you get in touch with me on your birthday I will give you a free reading if it's your birthday I will I will do, give, do my best to um, to get in touch with you and, and, and we will do a reading um, so with that, started a whole new chapter of my life, and we'll go into that into what's what's now. We're 30 minutes in, so what's happening with my life now? Okay, so um, spirituality. Spirituality seems to be like the uh, biggest thing in my life right now. Uh, I, I will push some of the stuff that I do other than being spiritual all day. Uh, some of the other things that I do is I guess I could put this out there um, I'm a writer like I said earlier I have my own personal blog you can check out some of my stuff at danielgarza.net and find a lot of my stories and um, things from my past things that I've been through uh, and they're all real stories my ideas my thoughts so please visit danielgarza.net for that um, you can follow me on Facebook. If you want to find me on Facebook, uh, you can search for my name, Daniel Garza. And there's Lil Mexican Productions. It's L-I-L-M-E-S-I-C-A-N Productions on Facebook. And you can um, connect with me. I have a video blog. I've been doing a video blog for about a year now. And it, it's gotten some pretty good reception. In fact, I think that's what... That was the foundation for where I am now uh, with Put It Together. So putting it all together, it's come up to this. And I'm, I'm really excited to for this new venture. Um, also, uh, part of the spirituality stuff, and I, I want to go back to that a little bit, is the way it's been growing and the way it changes my life not only when a person does a reading and it works different for everybody else so let me put it on me when I do a reading for somebody not only am I learning about you and giving information about you 
But more than likely, because our energies are going back and forth, there will be some stuff that will resonate within me, the stuff that will make me think about my life. And I walk out of there a little more fulfilled whenever I talk to somebody. It is a little draining, let me tell you. When people do readings, it's a little draining because it's, it's energy that's being used. And that's why if you get a reading and you walk out tired and exhausted, it's because the energy is flowing back and forth and that's what's needed to deliver the message. Um, it's... It's one of the biggest things that I've accomplished in life, that and my sobriety. And I'm pretty excited to be able to share that with you guys. Um, I'm going to just pull out a couple of cards as we're talking and see how this works out for you guys. And, you know, one of the first cards I get is see the other person's point of view. So if, you, if one of the things about New Year is that it gives us an opportunity to wipe the slate clean. We forget about things. We let go of things. And one of the greatest things to do for me is to see things from the other person's point of view. You know, it, have you ever heard of the fact that there's um, there's your version, my version, and then there's the truth? And that's how it is almost anywhere in life, as far as I'm concerned. If I'm in an argument with you, if I'm if I'm mad at you for something that you did or something that you didn't do because you're late, because you're... All I need to do sometimes is put myself in your shoes. Is go around and see that piece of artwork on the other side, and I guarantee you the view is very different. One of the important things that I've learned through my life is that it's not just all about what I think and how I feel. I have to respect, ah, keyword respect, I have to respect you. So if you're ever in an argument, or if you're ever in an argument with anybody, Sometimes it's important to go and see it from their point of view. It, it's That's when you need to shut up and listen. Because they might be trying to tell you what's going on. And the, and the important thing is that sometimes we don't say, we don't verbally say what's going on. We we use nonverbal communication. Um, if somebody is cheating on you, and you know they've been cheating on you, and you've caught them, even though they're verbally saying no, their actions might be different and you need to do that. You, but some of the important things, find out why they're cheating. And, and I'm just throwing that out there. The second card that I picked out for us is the Choose Peace card. And I, I get this card quite often for some of my clients. Stop looking for the arguments. You know, sometimes I, I call this the the good bad wheel. It's it's like a wheel that goes round and round. So sit there and watch a bicycle wheel go round and round and round, and it just goes round. And all of a sudden we hear like boom, and we know that something's wrong. Especially like with the car tire. Uh oh, I've got a flat. Done, done, done. You know what I'm talking about? So when in the good and bad wheel we hear the good 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 bad bad good 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 bad bad. We, we expect that bad to be in there. We expect the bad to be part of our daily life. We keep saying, oh, well, there's, that's life. Something bad's got to happen. But not always. There are situations and things that, that are meant to be good. There are things in our life that are meant to go smooth and nice and flow nicely. Why, was, why do you expect things to always go bad? If your relationship is well and your partner treats you like a princess or a prince, and, or, and you're doing great. Why are you provoking your partner to start an argument? Do you really need that bit of fighting and arguing? And in reverse, if your partner keeps picking a fight with you, why don't you just sit down and tell them, hey, I'm done with this. Any more arguments for stupid crap and I'm out. Why not call them out on it? It's important that you choose peace, especially in this year. This is a very spiritual year, 2012. And we need to acknowledge that, and you need to do it for yourself. Now, the third card that I picked out is the You Can Do It card. And what this tells me is 2012. It's the beginning of the years. We've got resolutions. We've got goals and dreams that we want to accomplish in 2012. And let me tell you, it's going to be a little redundant. Let's put, all, let's put it together and... You can do it. You can do anything you put your mind to. I was a, and I'm going to put this in terms that I usually say to my friends, I was a AIDS fag alcoholic drug addict. And here I am today recording 
a podcast, putting out my thoughts and ideas, recording video blogs, doing special appearances, doing readings. I, for better, for lack of better, I I was checked out a long time ago. The universe in my head had already said, Daniel, you're just on borrowed time, buddy. It's almost time for you to check out. But you know what? I put it together and I made it work for me. And you can too. So maybe here's what's here's what the cards are telling me. Choose peace. Choose to go and do something that's gonna give you some peace of mind. You can do it. Choose something that's gonna bring you financial stability and, and make you give something to your children. And it doesn't matter what other people tell you. It doesn't matter that people tell you you'll never accomplish it. You will if you want to. But, you know, sometimes these folks that discourage us from doing things, are, they're scared that we're going to grow too much. That we're going to, you know, if it's your partner, they don't want you to get too big because you're going to meet somebody new. And see it from that angle. If it's your parents, maybe they've been through some of the things that you want to go on that adventure and that journey that you want to go, maybe they've been through something similar and they're, they're trying to protect you. So see it from their point of view. Maybe your kids see that you want to date somebody new, but they're scared of bringing somebody into the family. You know, if you're a divorced parent and you're bringing somebody new into the home, maybe your kids are scared because what if, and here's what, let's think about this. What if in your, in your marriage, you were always fighting and arguing and belittling each other and your kids heard all this and now you're bringing somebody new into into their home into the relationship maybe they're afraid that that's going to happen again and they're going to get caught in the middle have you ever thought about that but you can do it you can go forward as long as you go as long as you do something with love and passion you can't go wrong anything done with love and passion cannot be wrong so go do that. And part of the other things that I work with is candles. I work with candles a lot. I like candle magic. And I put that out there for my clients. Anybody who comes to my home gets a special package treatment. And we do candles and sage. And then we do the card readings. And if you're interested in knowing which cards I, I do, I read uh, the Archangel cards. Um, and then I read the uh, Master's the Ascendant Masters cards. And these cards are by Doreen Virtue. So you, you might want to look for the last Doreen, D-O-R-E-E-N. Her last name is V-I-R-T-U-E, Virtue. Doreen Virtue has a long series, a uh, big series of, of cards, and they're usually all uh, Oracle cards. But I have the Ascendant Masters cards, which is what I'm reading from right now. And I have the Archangel cards um, that I do read for people. But that's part of it. Candles play a big part. And as we go along, I will talk to you about the different color candles and how to treat them and how to, how to do special um, magic tricks. <laughs> I guess you can talk tricks. How to connect with your energy and how to, to put that intention forward so that you get the things that you want in life. Um, I will give you today um, a good candle. And here's something. If you are feeling... If you are feeling... Um, Restricted. If you are feeling like the energy around you is negative, if you feel that people around you want to hurt you and do not have the best intentions for you, if you feel like where you work and where you live just has a bad vibe about it and every time you go you just feel miserable, a black candle is great for that. Use a black candle to clear the energy around you. And again, there's a special way to treat it. Um, I'll give you the quick steps. You wash it first with soap you write your intentions on the candle telling the candle examples are telling your candle to take away the negative energy please bring positive energy into my life please bring only positive people into my life please allow only positive energy to be around me you write down the candle then you seal those words with an oil if you have a uh, sandalwood oil or rosemary oil or lavender oil those are the three generic ones that you can use for everything but you can get any kind of oil and you wrap it the oil and you uh, you seal the candle with that oil you cut the wick in half and you light it and that's a quick one now you can go to my morning tea videos and I have a full 
description and a showing on how to do that. So you can go check that out too. Again, that's uh, you can go on YouTube and look for Morning Tea with Daniel uh, or just Morning Tea and you could find the videos. Uh, again, you can find me on Facebook and I'm going to throw that back out there. You can find me on Facebook, Daniel Garza and I'm in Laguna Beach. So when you do a search, you can search for Daniel Garza in Laguna Beach and I'm pretty much the only one there. Um, there's also crystals and stones and uh, I have a crystal Bible that I go to for special situations and special things and there are hundreds if not thousands of crystals that you can use and those also need special treatment and they require special attention and I'm gonna throw you off today with just the first stone and this is um, a rose quartz if you've seen the rose quartz it's it's pink and it, it of course it looks like a rock hello um, but some of the healing things about it it's it's good for the heart and it's good for cleansing the organs of the body so if you are feeling um, if you're not feeling the love around you if you're not feeling connected if you feel like there's something pretty missing in your life get a rose quartz either for your home or to carry around with you and it will start aligning the rest of the chakras for you um, it will help you get centered um, also if you're having trouble with some of your organs something around your body use that rose quartz and, and carry it with you or when you're laying down put it next to you wherever it is you're hurting or whatever it is you're having problems and let it work its magic how the crystals and, and the work is there's a, an energy that they vibrate to and if you hold them in your hand you can feel that vibration and let me tell you um, when I go visit my friend Michelle here at the Chakra Shack um, it is just amazing you touch a stone and you feel the vibration going through your body and you feel things start to change and I have I've actually cried with some stones so uh, I encourage you to do that um, so then so this is what put it together is going to be about we're going to go from week to week bringing in special guests we're going to be pulling out some cards to give you a message for the week I'm going to be talking about particular oils color candles and how to use them I'll be telling you about crystals and stones and how to carry those around and what they can do for you I'll be taking letters from 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 listeners if you are listening to this first podcast and you have a question um, send it in I will I will if I choose your letter I will call you and we can have uh, I will give you a reading if I choose your letter if it's your birthday again then by all means call me write to me find me and I will give you a special reading on your birthday I want to give and share with you all the tools that I have gathered through my through my life I want to give you the information that I got and let you put it together I'm not gonna fish for you that's one thing that I was always taught don't fish for people don't give them food show them how to get food and that's what I want to do I want to feed your spirit your spirit I want to feed your soul with all the things that I've been giving be given um, but let me rephrase that I want to show you how to get that for yourself I'll give you nitbits and I'll give you some some morsels of what I'm eating but I want you to find your own way I want this year to be better for you just like it was it's going for me you know 2011 was pretty great and it was awesome and I really enjoyed it and really great things happened to me in 2011 but I want 2012 to be even better not just for me but for all of us if you're listening out there and you're wondering where your life is going and you're wondering what what's out there what's what what's really out there for you oh honey let me tell you there's some great gifts out there for you but the, you can't you, you can't get them unless you walk out the door and go for them I'm, I'm happy that you're listening to me on, on a podcast but you know what you can take it on your phone you can go listen to it outside get some nature get some love feel the sun feel the moon just feel the air hitting you remember that you're alive you are part of this world if you if anybody has seen the movie Hugo 
um, I watched that movie and it just inspired me to keep going. There's a part of it with, that says, and I don't want to ruin the quote, so hold on just a second. Okay, I had to go find the quote, and here it is, because it's actually a really cool quote. It's from, uh, it's from the movie Hugo, and it's, it's Hugo Cabre who says it, the little boy in the movie. And he says, I'd imagine the whole world was one big machine. Machines never come with any extra parts, you know. They always come with the exact amount they need. So I figured, if the entire world was one big machine, I couldn't be an extra part. I had to be here for some reason. Now, let that resonate in you. Let, let that trickle in. If you're sitting there listening to this podcast and you're wondering, my life has no meaning. Yes, it does have a meaning. You just, just need to find it. You just need to get out and go experiment. Opportunity doesn't really knock at our doors. It, it finds us. And But part of it is being at the right place at the right time. And how can you be at the right place at the time if you're never anywhere? So, and that's a lesson that I had to learn. Trust me, this is not something that I just popped in my head years and years. I learned it not, not too long ago. Three years ago when I moved to Laguna Beach, I was stuck in my apartment. And I'll, I'll leave, kind of, I'm going to leave y'all with this story. I moved here with my, with my partner at the time and things didn't work out and I was left alone. I decided to end the, the relationship and he went back to Houston and I stayed here by myself and... For about a year, I was so depressed and so sad, and and I didn't. I I thought the life was over, and I just worked, 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 worked all the time. And then some one day, I was I had some time off, and I ended up staying home. And one morning, I woke up on the couch again because I don't I, I sleep on the couch a lot, and something was just didn't smell right. Something was funky, and I ended up cleaning the house and opening windows, which I usually didn't do, and opening doors and spraying and vacuuming and then that smell still followed me and it lingered and then I realized it was me. I realized that I hadn't showered or changed clothes in three days and that made me really, really sad for me. And I didn't like myself very much at that point. So I got in the shower and I changed clothes and I walked out to the beach and I grabbed some coffee and I walked out to the beach and looked at the birds and there were some dolphins out in the water. And I found a place and I just cried and I just let it all out. And I realized how sad I was and how miserable I thought I was. And then I looked around me and I realized, dude, you live in this beautiful place. How can you feel sad? So, okay, maybe not everybody I'm talking to lives in in the beach area. But there's got to be something around you that's beautiful. There's got to be something that keeps you there. And if there's not, then you can do it. Move. Go somewhere where you're going to be happy. Go somewhere where you're going to enjoy the rest of your life. Where you're going to find the type of friends that you want and you need. It's time to get out, guys. It's time to put it together and do something better for ourselves. Um, there's another quote here and I'm looking at it as I'm, as I'm listening to this. If you ever wonder where your dreams come from, you look around. This is where they're made. And that's uh, from one of the other characters in the movie of Hugo. Dreams come true for everybody. Doesn't matter your financial status. Doesn't matter your social status. Doesn't matter what you have in your closet or how much food you have in your pantry. Doesn't matter how where you work or what you do or what you look like. Dreams can't come true. How do you think all those folks on TV made it? They had a dream and they went for it. So that's my gift to you guys. That's that's my uh, tools that I'm sharing with you. I'm giving you all that I know and I have and I want you to put it together for yourself. I want you to create the life that you want. You can do it. Just choose the peace. Choose peace over anything else. Be peace. Be in peace with you so that everything around you falls into place. If you are chaotic, you will only call upon chaotic things. So I'm almost at the hour and um, this has been quite an adventure. I, I, it's great to be able to talk about yourself. <laughs> But hopefully in the next shows, I will have guests and people to come and share the spotlight with me. Maybe you could be that person. You're listening to this and, and you say, hey, I'm a, I'm a little lost. I don't know where to go and I need some direction. Well, let, let my angel, let your guardian angel come forth and together we can all show you some direction. And remember, this is all just suggestions. You don't have to listen to a word I say. 
I'm just sharing with you what was given to me so freely and so I, that you can move forward. So take it from this queer guy with AIDS who drank and drugged himself, who had sex with lots of people, who doesn't do any of that anymore. You can do it. You can change your life. And, and, and trust me, the view from the other side, brother, is so much better than you ever imagined. So I'm going to leave you with the song that you were listening to at the beginning. I'm going to rewind you a little bit so you can hear the rest of it. The group that you'll be listening to is Handsome Ransom, and they're one of my favorite bands. These guys are from Houston, and I got a chance to meet them in October. And speaking about dreams and following your dreams, these guys started off, they were all in different bands, and they wanted to um, play, and, and they created these songs, and I have their album here. They have six songs, and they just recorded three more. And um, they are, they're awesome, and let me give you their names. So the band Handsome Ransom, it's uh, Trey Miller, Justin Carrette, Sean Ramos, Mike Pilowitz, and Ricky Gonzalez. And these guys are out of Houston. You can also find them on uh, Facebook. And they're out of Houston, Texas, where I lived. Handsome Ransom. And I'm going to rewind that song. And we've got a couple of minutes left. But I'm going to let you listen to the song as we say goodbye. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. This is Daniel Garza, and let's put it together, guys. Well, I shared my beer with a pine soothsayer Who said our pages are black Calloused and cold, I spoke, rather bold, insane, our lives are on track. Then he said, railroads and tracks will never take you back to the place we all came from. And pupilissy grinned at our life of sin. As he said, just strum along and hum. Just strum along and hum. Then I heard the crickets and birds 
head to abnormalentertainment.com for podcasts, blogs, and videos. New content goes up every single day at abnormalentertainment.com.